Hello, everybody. My name is Andrew, and you are listening to a little thing we like to call episodic memory. Sitting across from me, that's right, it's the Comptroller of Cable, Mark Gonzalez. How you doing? Hello. I hold a lot of you have a lot of titles. A lot of titles. It's a lot of responsibilities. It's. I'm. I'm glad the the public has has supported you in these, yeah. especially after years of scandals. Just scandal plagued years in office as, as some kind of television ambassador. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of accusations. You know, people are going to take a lot of shots at somebody who holds as many positions and as many titles as I do, mm. and has as many, um, you know, affairs and accepts bribes as freely maybe it's more the free accepting bribes freely maybe that's more the issue than how many positions i hold now mark as a as a as a journalist i guess i'd be remiss in asking if you have any comment on the brewing heliotrope scandal that your administration seems to be embroiled in is there any comment do you have a comment sir do you have a comment um my administration will not give in to the demands of bullies like the free media. Mm. Sir, that sounds like a dodge. <laughs> sir, 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 sir! The door doesn't open. <laughs> Mark, how have you been? Great. What have you been doing? Listening to classic episodes of Best of the Best. Best of the Best and Episodic and Memories. Episodic One Memories on a loop. Just over and over and You guys over should again. listen, too. Maybe you would enjoy some fun times. Mark and I like to have fun times. Perhaps you would like to enjoy fun times. You know what's the most fun thing about listening to podcasts? Though? I like to have fun, Mark. Do you like... Because I, I'm looking for someone who likes fun. Uh, I, I, want, I want to meet someone who likes to have fun. Fun, 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 I fun. I like fun. Just no hamsters... And no, no Donna Juanitas. No Donna Juanitas. No overgrown monsters that are always <laughs> thinking about food. The most fun thing to do with a podcast is to talk to your friends about it. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Be like, oh man, did you hear what Opie and Anthony said this week? Yeah. Right? They got, no. Oh. I, I don't think they do podcasts. Okay. Oh man, did you hear um, Tyler and David's opinion on video games this week? Yeah, I did. Ooh, oh, boy! You know, usually boy, I'm usually I'm more of a David, but on this one, I'm a Tyler. You gotta go, Ty. Ty is my guy. That's what I say. I've so, been saying that for a while. If you like listening to our show and would like to imp- increase your enjoyment of it, you should convince <laughs> your friends. I mean, or, or prescription medication would increase your enjoyment. I guess possibly. Yeah. Simbacore. Perhaps, perhaps you have low testosterone. Maybe that's why you don't low enjoy. T. Low T. <laughs> you don't enjoy the show as much as you could. Because uh, yeah. let's—I'll tell you right now—I've noticed your lack of enjoyment, everybody. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so maybe I, it's we your talk own about problem. it. In, <laughs> me and the girls like to talk about mm. it. All right, it's a thing that we talk about in yeah. private, but it's a thing we talk about. When Andrew, when you're at dinner and Andrew says, "I'm going to go to the bathroom," and the girl. Also goes with him. They're talking about you. They're talking. We're talking about your low. Your low your, tea and your, your, your low enjoyment. Low, your low excitement for our show. <laughs> your flagging excitement for our show. I listen. One of the, one of the main podcasts that I listen to is the Sklar Brothers shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's weird because they have advertising on their show, 
Like, like, and I think they're forced to read it by, I don't know if they're forced to read it, but they're hosted by Earwolf. Yeah. And so I think Earwolf says, these are the people that are paying for yeah. this station. LegalZoom.com. So, yeah. So read. Get your own goddamn will. Read this shit. Okay. But it's always weird to listen to them because they'll talk about like their artistic integrity and how they want to present their best image of themselves. And they're like, let's go to a break. And then it's them, and they're like, guys, <laughs> li- uh, you, how are you doing on your draft league? Not good? Well, why don't we get another start with online gambling? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of which, Mark, you know, why don't we go ahead and cut to a break? Yeah, ourselves? let's go to a break. Uh, I feel like we all got really worked up we here. We got sidetracked here, so let's, let's go ahead. We're going to throw it to a break, and uh, we'll be back right, right with uh, Episodic Memories after, after a couple words from our sponsor. Hey, Mark. Hey, Andrew. It's me, Andrew. Hey, good buddy. How you doing? Doing great. Hey, I noticed that that you've been kind of down lately. I have. My tea is low. Your tea is very low. Well, I, I have good news for you. Why don't you buy a gun? Ooh. Yes. That's a great idea. <laughs> Wouldn't that increase your tea? Probably. Your teas would be, your your teas would be, there'd be so many teas if you were holding a gun right now. When I think of men with a lot of tea. Yeah. Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Stallone. Clint yeah. Eastwood. All the teas. Every tea. A lot of tea. What do they always have? And think about how, much, gun. Of, how much of a big man you could be with, with the gun. Mm-hmm. You could be such a big man, people would see you walking down the street with the gun, and they'd say, look at that guy. He's a big guy. He's got plenty of teas. I'd wear my gun to work. He's got so many teas. Oh, God, if only. <laughs> he's got so many teas that that he, he's got to just get rid of them. Yeah. You call him Arnold Palmer. He's got so much tea because it's, it's a drink. With lemonade, iced tea. It's called Arnold Palmer. So why don't you go buy a gun today? I I will. Please do. And you listeners, go to guns.com and enter the promo code AK and the Guns. Andrew, I just came back with a gun. Oh my goodness! I I it smells manly and and tea like in here. Your your gun yes. your gun is very impressive. It is quite impressive. Can I can I touch your gun? No. Oh god. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because <laughs> a man up. says no. Oh okay. All right. Well, pick up a pick up a gun today. Get a gun. Goodbye. Get get a gun. All right. We are We're back. back. Oh boy. Back from the break. What a break that was. Phew, Mark, I'm glad you did that deal to get that, that ad. I haven't we record the ad later, so yeah. I don't know what it is. I'm not sure exactly, what it's gonna be either. I bet it'll be good. Someone just handed me an envelope and some paperwork. So I guess so. we have to just read this fucking bullshit. Whatever Mark, says. we are talking about episodic memories, which is a which is a podcast. It's a radio show. It's an audio radio show. It's an experience. On your iPod device or your MP three player. Perhaps you have a Zune or like a, a, a Jazz or a, a Samsung Galaxy with an earbud plugged into I'd it. I'd like to think that you downloaded this and then burned it to a CD, mm-hmm. just a single CD. Hopefully it'll fit and then are just listening to it on one CD in your car right yeah. now. Just one big track. That's mm-hmm. all. Uh, but it is a podcast about television in which Mark and I will be discussing a show that we've never seen before. 
in a random episode in that run and uh, relaying our experiences uh, regarding that. Mark, this week we are talking about The Rockford Files. That's correct. Classic, classic. 1970s television show The Rockford Files. Before we jump in, Mark, what what do you know about The Rockford Files? Uh, probably the greatest theme song of all time. Yes. I... It is your ringtone. When you call me, that's what plays. <laughs> I forgot about that. Great theme song. Great theme song. James Gardner. Now, here's the thing with James Gardner. I am more familiar with him in his later work. Yes. Which... My Fellow Americans and... Yes. 10 thing... Or uh, 8 Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter. Yes. After John, John Ritter, Ritter died. died. Yes. So, the only two things that you really need that's to know... all I really know about. My Fellow Americans... And eight eight simple rules. Eight simple rules. I, I also knew that it was a detective show uh, from the 70s. And it's still on all the time. Like, I sometimes late at night when I have nothing else to do, I'll just... I'll. It's bizarre for me to say it, but I will channel surf only in the lower channels. So, like, you get into KDOC, which is like a local station. Yes. And they're always running... Uh, Rockford Files, Emergency, Rescue 911, and uh, what's the other one? That the, Get Smart. Yeah. And yeah. So it's two in the morning and you're watching a Get Smart and you're like, I, this, I guess this is funny. I'm not really sure anymore. No. Would you believe a Boy Scout with a big mouth? Yes. You know, that's funny. Yeah. It's funny. So that's what you know about the Rockford Files. It's a detective show with James Garner. Yeah, and I knew that I liked James Gardner. The song is fucking amazing. It's amazing, and the opening sequence, the opening theme song sequence was always... I knew knew about this joke where a phone... The opening shot is a phone ringing, Mm -hmm. and then somebody leaves a message, and the message would always be like, Jim, you owe us money, or Jim, I owe you money. I'm not going to give it to you. Yes. But like he's a down-on-his-luck detective and i think i knew that he lived on the beach in a trailer okay but that was it all right well that's that's some pretty good statistics and facts to know well mark also sorry one more thing he was a spokesperson for mazda and i know this because my mom met him oh oh goodness did he put on his did he put his charms on apparently yes apparently he was quite charming james garner seems like if if he were still alive, he would end up playing Joe Biden in like a TV Ooh. movie or something Ooh. like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Imagine that. Do you remember the the moment from uh, the presidential, uh, I know you do, the State of the Union address where Biden where gave he somebody, smi- he, he gave somebody a, gave, gave <laughs> like a finger guns. Up. Yeah. Oh, man. That was, for, for me watching that, I was like, oh. This is the greatest man. I th- gr- I think he should just be vice president going Pro forward. <laughs> yeah, just, he doesn't have to be president, but I just I feel better knowing that he's there. Just look, here's the deal: you get the White House. Yeah, you get your you get the 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 missile launch codes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And you get all time vice president <laughs> Joe Biden. Joe Biden. <laughs> it's just him <laughs> just standing back there, just giving the guns. Uh, if I give up Biden. If I give up the missile codes, can I also give up Biden? Look, uh, he's it's kind of a package he's kinda, deal, all it's, right? It's one, if you take one, you got to take the let's, other. Let's just enjoy it for what it is. 
Well, Mark, let's uh, let's go ahead and dissect this episode of the Rockford Files that we watched in a little segment we like to call, Hey, 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 what's going on here? What is going on here? Mark, the Rockford Files premiered on September 13th, 1974. Mm-hmm. On... NBC. NBC is correct. Uh, and it ran from then until January 10th, 1980 starring James Garner, Noah Beery Jr. and Joe Santos. Mark, this show was created by Roy Huggins. Yes. Who created a hell of a lot of shows for several networks, including Maverick, 77 Sunset Strip, The Fugitive. And then uh, he has a co-creator, Stephen J. Cannell, who you might know, actually, uh, creator of Greatest American Hero, A-Team, 21 Jump Street, and The Commish. Oh, The Commish. He also appeared in the show Castle as part of Castle's poker uh, group. Yeah. and I remember uh, that scene. It was a funny scene. He, uh, he died in 2010. But That's the funniest part. <laughs> the thing people might remember for, uh, uh, regarding um, regarding Stephen Cannell is there's a very famous logo. Yeah. That he's uh, anything in his production company where he is at the end of any of his shows they have this bumper where he's typing on a on a uh, typewriter. typewriter. He pulls out the sheet of paper, he throws it up, and then it fades to black with the sheet fold like flitters down, the, and then yeah. it, fill, it goes into the logo. So. Uh, if you've, you've seen, seen that it. logo, then you know who Stephen J. Cannell is. Uh, this show ran for six seasons with 122 episodes plus eight television movies. Mm-hmm. The episode that we watched today, for today, was the 18th episode of season one entitled Claire, which aired on January 31st, 1975. Written by Edward J. Laxo, who looks like to be a journeyman writer through the 60s and 70s. Wrote a handful of episodes of Star Trek, Rat Patrol, Wild Wild West, Hawaii Five-O, Mission Impossible, Adam-12, and I believe his last episode was Airwolf. He wrote an episode of Airwolf. Imagine being that kind of guy, Mark. Like, uh, you and I, I think... That would be the greatest when, thing in the world. When we, when we talk about, like, writing, we imagine ourselves as like, okay, now we're on this show. Yeah. And we are going to write a billion episodes of... I don't know. Warehouse 13. Yes. Um, yeah, Eureka. And we're just, we're going to just this be. This is what we do. We just go and we write Eureka. The, we live and breathe Eureka. But you can see that writers, at least, you know, back in the, back in these days, could just hop from show to show and just bang out scripts. So, okay, I'm going to write three episodes of Star Trek. Okay. Now I'm going to write two episodes of Rat Patrol. All right, now I've got this episode for Hawaii Five O, and it's it's alternates so much. Well, I would think you'd have an agent who would be like, "Can you do a can you do a rap can you do two rap patrols this month?" And you'd be like, "All right, send me over a tape," mm-hmm. and then you watch it, and then you sit in your bathtub for a while, and then you go, "All right, I guess we're gonna this thing." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I may just be a rat, but I'm on patrol. Dad. <laughs> yeah. All right. Send that out. The agent, did you watch the tape? No. There's no rats in the show. <laughs> it's about cops, man. All uh, right, fine. Fine. I, I may might be just a cop, hop, Dad. But I'm on patrol. Rats. Dad. <laughs> Perfect. And then uh, also co written by Stephen J. Cannell for this episode as well. I think, I, I, I think he, he probably just removed, he probably just changed the names. 
Mm-hmm. If I know this guy. Yeah. yeah. If I had to take a guess, yeah, just control F. Just replace him. Uh, it's a typewriter, I so he's I, just, I, just uh, there's no bashing on the this board. <laughs> I just think it's interesting to be able to switch gears so quickly because when whenever we write stuff, I feel like we're in that headspace for so long. And just imagine being like, okay, today I'm going to write three pages of Star Trek. And the next day, all right, now I got to write about like some fucking Old West thing. I don't know. Jim West, Desperado. You don't Rough want, Rider, you don't, don't want, want Nana. Nana. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> We're going straight to the wild, oh. wild. Oh, this is west. no. This is good. This is go. good. Yeah. This is really good. Drew, Drew Hill, Drew Hill, y'all. Drew Hill. It's Cisco, isn't it? Uh, no, I think it. I think maybe he's in it, but I, Drew Hill, I think is also in on that song too. Probably. And then they sample Stevie Wonder. The end. Mark, let's jump right in. We start with an opening that I think is I wish more shows did. Yes. I, <laughs> there was a lot about this show that I really loved. Yeah. And I, uh, we talked about this on the phone. Um, In a call, if you subscribe to our bonus feed. Yeah. If you're, you, if you're, you could listen to all of Andrew and I's if, uncomfortable phone calls. If you're a paid subscriber to the podcast, you can listen to... Uh, maybe, maybe at the end of the episode, we'll put one of those in. But. I don't know why anybody would want to listen to us talk about... So we're, we're there's a six o'clock Sin City to a Dame to Kill for. Uh, no, I can't. I or, no. Tra- I'm not gonna be able to get there by six. Okay. Um, can we do? Oh, there's a seven fifteen, but it's at the landmark, oh, so that would be closer for you. I I've really kind of lost my thrill for the landmark. To be quite honest, is it yeah. is it in the couch theater? Uh no, it's in the beanbag chair theater. Oh, forgot. I, this must have. This must be new. Can we, can we do beach cities and just make it inconvenient for oh, both Jesus of us? Jesus Christ! Just really, yeah. just really fuck it for There's everybody. There's a five forty-five beach cities. Oh. Neither one of us will make it. Let's let's just go ahead and get, right, let's get those tickets. It's fine, anyways. I need to get up to gold gold level. <laughs> and yeah, so that's that, that's subscriber level that's what you get for 45 dollars a month that's pretty good mark um let's dive right in yeah we, we get this weird we now it's not a weird intro i love this intro this opening that oh. we get well i was thrown by this because i thought it was a previously on yeah but it was actually like get ready this is what's coming up so i was completely thrown we get this mishmash of scenes that we're going to see in the episode so essentially you get a, a bit of like a 30 second teaser of all this stuff happening. It's, you know, Rockford sitting in a chair going, do you think you can do this? And then there's something else. And then there's like a fight. And then there's Jim, they're chase. trying to kill me. Be there in one hour. Oh, what do you think it's on the level? And then oh, I need you to be straight with me. And then he like hangs up a phone. And you got style chief. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> he walks away. So great. <laughs> so I thought this was great. So uh, then we get into our actual intro. And this is a very famous intro uh, in terms of television. We get a pan across Rockford's desk, and we hear the answering machine, as we said before. This time, it's... This is Jim Rockford. At the tone, leave your name and message. I'll get back to you. Mr. Rockford, this is the Thomas Crown School of Dance and Contemporary Etiquette. We aren't going to call again. Now, you want these free lessons or what? Okay. And then, exactly. Then it just jumps right into this theme song. And I am, I am, I'm like, I'm like, yes, fucking yes. Because it just, as soon as that 
we hear like beep, like the the answering machine drops off. It just smacks you in the face with this fucking great theme song. Yeah. Do you want these free lessons or what? The sequence, the, the it's not really the title sequence, right? It's just the intro sequence because there is also another title there sequence. There is another title sequence, but but. It's just still images taken from episodes, it seems, because it doesn't seem like they actually paid a still photographer. It seems like they just took, they just took freeze screen grabs, I guess, like yeah. freeze frames. But what I love about it, and I'll always remember it, it's Jim walking through the police station, like dressing somebody down. It's Jim driving, and then it's Jim like in a, the frozen food section buying a hungry man. <laughs> by himself. Do you remember this one? No. It's he's just in the frozen food section and you're like, "Oh, I know who this character is." Yeah, we get we get a very kind of clear picture about who Jim Rockford is pretty quickly into the mm-hmm. show. Having not seen a single episode, you see his desk, you see that he kind of, you know, in, in the opening, he's an everyman, basically. He's yeah. like a down on his luck guy, but he's going to beat people up and he's going to fucking it's going to be great. You're going to solve the time. crime. You're going to have a great time. So we start, act one, scene one. We see a woman leaving a bar. She gets in the car. She screeches away. She's followed quickly by two guys who are in suits, because you know you're the bad guys. Yeah. Who also chase after her. And so... One of of them is Perry White from The Adventures of Lois and Clark. No. Well, yes, you're correct. But the more important credit that he has is... The other lawyer in my cousin Vinny. Yes, he is also that guy. That I as I saw that guy and I was like, God, I know who he is. And I had to yeah. stop and actually look on IMDb, but no, he's the other lawyer. So he he's playing one of these goons. So they chase after this woman. We don't know who this woman is. We don't know who the guy these guys are, but wham bam, right out of the gate, we get a pretty lengthy car chase scene. Instant grits. Which <laughs> the two youths in question. Uh we get in it, uh, this car chase scene with these big ass seventies like boats of cars. Yeah, you can. They have to. They have to like turn, and it's like a three hour turn to come yeah. around a corner. And I, I was like, "This is great." There's I, no music. I, no music. It is just chase cams and like uh, uh, sound effects. And again, a minute in, car takes a turn. Hubcaps come shooting off the car. Yeah, that, I was just like, yes. Hubcap yes. goes. Hubcap goes shooting off the car. Car and it hits the curb and it bounces straight into the air. Yeah, and you're like, ooh, good shot. Way to go! This and then it comes right back down. And this we is cut. yeah. This is a, a this is a fun. It's well, I mean, it's a it's a it's a car chase. You're like, I don't know why they're chasing each other, but I'm on board. Like, yeah, let's do this. It's fun and it fits. There was a 70s aesthetic of car chases where you would have these long shots and you would see both cars and it would be all about the cars avoiding hitting things. Yes. Whereas now it's all about crashing into a trash can that goes exploding into the air. Yeah, people diving, people out, of the diving way. out of the way. And this is just people, two giant car, two two-ton two, cars. Two, two giant cars and you can see going that they're, 80 miles an hour. they're ripping through these streets that there are stunt drivers in there that are doing the thing. Like they're doing weird, it, they're doing J-turns, they're doing... It's also LA. It's also very clearly that's, LA. That's the other thing too that I, I mean, having, <coughs> excuse me, having lived in Los Angeles, like you see the background shots and you're like, I recognize all that stuff and I, I'm tempted to think that like, 
It looked like it was the marina near it it, Venice. It looked like either Marina del Rey or yeah. near you know Venice or Santa Monica is where the bar is originally, and um, so I appreciated that. It's it's really nice and refreshing to see like city like at the actual city there yeah. in the background of these shots. Now nowadays they they shoot it in Vancouver. They substitute cities for other cities because of tax breaks, yeah. or they do a lot of um, like CGI. Like there's surprisingly amount of there's a surprising amount of like green screen that goes into a lot of different shows that you don't necessarily like would figure would use green screen technology. Yeah, apparently the George Lucas produced film Radioland Murders was set the stage in a lot of ways because that was one of the earlier movies to use CGI backgrounds and cityscapes and mm-hmm. nobody notices because it seems like it's just this it's it seems like it's not a special effects heavy movie but it actually it actually it really is. Yeah. So uh this lady arrives at a building, she runs in, she says to the doorman, "Hey, if anybody asks, you don't know me." She runs in. The pursuers follow very quickly behind. They kind of rough up the doorman a little bit. They're like, "Hey pops, where'd that tell lady us, go? Tell us where that dame is. Where's what what's the hot minute? Where's the scoop? Give us enough of this razz." We find out that her name is Claire Prescott, and the chasers threaten to, to uh, beat up the doorman. But yeah. They're like, let's go look at the mailboxes, I guess. The boss will be very pleased. It's like these weird, it's this very. I like, I like the, I like the guy who says, let's go, let's just fucking look at the mailboxes. Because it's a. Because the other guy very, clearly wants to beat up a doorman, but the other guy's like, it's going to take it's like very, 20 yeah. minutes and we're not going to get anything out of him. Let's it, just, but it's a simple solution, which you appreciate. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, let's just look at the fucking mailbox. Okay, she's on four. So they like push the four. Buzz. Can you, can you buzz me, Ed? Buzz. Can, I'm, I'm pressing the buzzer. Can you, can you buzz me? Buzz. Uh, can you do it again? I didn't pull. Buzz. Buzz. No. Got. Buzz. No. Hold it. Click. Got. Ma'am, can you? I see you in the the lobby. Can you let me in, please? Bang, 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 bang. No. No, I no. I, I don't know who you are. I I have a friend upstairs. She's on four. She, she should buzz you in. I I've been asking. Can you? I just need you to push the door. I can see you're gonna be coming out. Uh, just just. No, I, I changed my mind. Ma, no, ma, do not get in the. Uh, God. God. Uh, God damn it. That's that's pretty much what that yeah. scene was. Claire is upstairs and she's in her apartment. She's grabbing things. The doorman calls. He's like, hey, there's some fucking guys down here. I'm going to call the cops. She's like, don't call the cops, man. I'll take Be cool. Just, just fucking be cool, man. I gave you a 10% tip at Christmas, okay? Let's settle the fuck down. Christ. She says, no police. And so she thinks she's going to leave. And then she turns around and she decides to pick up the phone. And she calls Jim. We cut to Jim Rockford, our, 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 our hero. hero, Jim Rockford. In his mobile home office. With out, his dad, Rocky. <coughs> out in the middle of fucking nowhere. I guess that's on Pacific Coast Highway. I guess yeah. there's actually like a place you could go to and see where that was. There you've got some back and forth about going over the books. Well, really, no, he's doing Rocky's taxes. That's right. Yes. And Rocky doesn't seem like he knows much about anything regarding taxes. But we also find out that Rocky is trying to write off a bounced check. Yes. Which is funny. You could just, you know, just write it just off. Just write it off. Do you even know what that means? Claire tells Jim to meet her in the place they used to meet in an hour. When the on the phone conversation they have, it seems like there's a history. There's there. history there. Exactly. Rocky overhears this because Jim's like, "Yeah, I guess I'll go meet this fucking woman." Bitch. Fucking just fuck God. 
good women, am I right? This fucking guy. Uh, Rocky gives Jim shit, and he's like, hey, did you just talk to Claire? Yeah. You know, that woman that you were gonna marry? But apparently... Didn't? Cla- Claire called it off. Yeah. And without any warning. And Jim's like, yeah, fuck, fuck it. I, I don't know. Fuck God. Shit. Fuck God. Dick. <laughs> fuck. And then he just walks out of the door. So this is... Jim Rockford as played by Boss. <laughs> I'm the goddamn detective in Malibu. You're fucking me hard. So then Jim gets in his car. Yes. And this car is also a big point of, of familiarity with the show that Jim gets into a Pontiac Firebird. Which is... East Spirit. It seems to be as big as the trailer that he lives in. It's a big car, but this car is, is associated with this show. And it's associated with Jim Rockford. And so while he's driving, we get more credits. Yeah. I thought this part was cool, too, that we're establishing Jim. We're establishing the city. We're est- and, like, the, the show is taking its time to establish what everything is while the credits are rolling. Yeah. And it says it tells you the name of the episode, which is kind of yes. cool. It's just Jim Rock, <laughs> the Rockford Files. <coughs> Claire. Right. Jim shows up. And apparently the place they used to meet is the Los Angeles Zoo. LA Zoo, which, Jesus Christ, if she, if she said be there in an hour and he's coming from PCH, she should have been like two, maybe. No, well, here's no, I'd say the reverse. If she said meet me where you used to meet, I'd be there 15 minutes because the zoo is fucking awesome. Yeah, but to the drive. I know, you're, you're yeah, there's, there's no way you're getting from... Down near... Probably Malibu. Probably Malibu, all the way up to, uh, you know, basically uh, Griffith Park. Griffith Park, yeah. Uh, But regardless, the zoo is fucking awesome. And and somehow he beats her there, because he's waiting for her. He knew she was going to be late. Oh, okay. Well, to be honest, I would have gotten a churro. Yeah. I would have been sitting there with a churro. I I like the peanuts. Um... Hmm... Yeah, I've only been there a couple times. It's an okay zoo. It's okay. I wish I could go more, but I never want to buy. Nothing's a, stopping you. I don't, I, Mark. I don't think there's anything more sad than going to the zoo by yourself. <laughs> Imagine that, Mark, just um, showing up at the zoo by yourself and just being like, "I'm ready to have a good time." <laughs> Those flamingos are funny. No, the trick you just do what I use. You know, rub people's shoulders. Yeah. And like, hey. Hey, you want to talk about the seals? Look at that koala. Ooh, that, that guy's, he's, he's snapping, huh? No, you just just do what I used to do when I was alone in New York all the time. Just bring a notepad and then pretend to be drawing the animals. <laughs> and no one will ask you any questions or bother you. People glancing over. It's just, I've just drawn. One circle. Just, just a, cir- just a cir- circle. It's a man vomiting. Just <laughs> <laughs> that's how i feel on the inside <laughs> the koalas know uh claire apologizes for leaving jim you know just to smooth things over yeah and she also says that it feels good to be back together because they hug but jim seems real conflicted on the whole sure. thing Sure. jim wants to cut to the quick he's like why the fuck did you call me look here's the deal like you, you fucking left, and now you come back in, and apparently I'm supposed to help you. Talking about people trying to kill you. Who's trying to kill you? Yeah. Tell me what's going on, Claire. Just, just give me, give me, what's the raz, all right? What's the fucking raz? 
Claire says she needs Jim to find a man named Charlie Manning. Uh, she can't go to the cops for any kind of help, but she's really worried about her safety. Yeah. Claire also admits that uh, she's in a little bit deep with a loan shark. Jim promises that he won't go to the cops, but uh, he's on the fence about helping her. Yeah. Takes her back to her hotel. Jim uh, drops her off and then gets on the blower with his main man, Becker. Lieutenant Becker. Who is... Uh, the who, LAPD. Who is a cop. He's a cop. Yeah. He, sh- he shot, shot a kid. kid. He looks like your average just bedraggled uh, 70s cop. Yes. It's, I'm... Like his hair is thinning. He's got ugly clothes. And he's just sitting at he his is desk. every character in Fish. Yeah. Barney Miller. Jim asked Becker to run some names. And Becker's like, oh, shit. He recognizes the names. But he's like, yeah, I got to run this through the computer, I guess. Okay, goodbye. And he, and he puts Jim on hold. And he just kind of sits there for a minute. Which... In my mind, I would be doing the same thing, but not because I recognize the names, but because I just <laughs> don't want to deal with it. Imagine trying to run names through a computer in 1970s fucking let me, eight. Let me grab my punch card. Uh, it'll be ready for us in 72 hours. Yeah. He tells Jim that Manning and Claire don't have any priors, but he decides to call his captain about it. Clean records. No one knows. But he called. But after he hangs up with Jim, he calls his captain. And the captain says, I want, bring in Rockford. I want Rockford on my desk. I want him on my goddamn desk in in two minutes. That's the end of Act 1. Act 2. Jim decides to go and investigate the the bar that Claire was at at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. He hits the bartender up for information. And the bartender's like, maybe I know, maybe I don't know. Jim Uh. gives him a 20. And, and yeah, and he's like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe I need a little bit more to refresh my, refresh my information. Hmm. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an informant from from a maybe I seen him maybe I didn't and see him I don't Jim know. Just gets really frustrated. He's like you fucking you fucking people and it's you're like ever since shirts. we went off the gold standard, <laughs> twenty bucks just doesn't mean anything. Maybe I maybe the gold standard does mean something. Maybe it don't mean All nothing. Right. I don't well, know. I'm, I'm done here. I don't know. Why don't you talk to Ron Paul? Ooh, hey hey ho. Andrew Dice Clay there for a second. <laughs> oh, hickory dickory duck. Maybe I saw him go up the hill. I don't know. Oh, hey. So Jim leaves. Jim leaves. Jim says, I think I'm talking to an idiot. Oh, so I'm oh, leaving. Oh, hey, I needed the money. Oh. So Jim leaves. But who's sitting at the bar? It's the Tufts that we saw from earlier. They decide to follow Jim out. Jim leaves, but the Tufts also leave, and they have we have another car chase. <laughs> and I'm again, I'm sitting there going, "All right, <laughs> wall yes. to wall car chases." Uh, again, no music, just ambient noises, and and so Jim's driving, and he sees the Tufts, so he decides to gun it, and then uh, he does a thing that is again, like this episode seems to hit a lot of things that are associated with this show. You know, you wouldn't expect it to all fall in the same episode. I mean, it makes you wonder if every episode is roughly the same. Uh, he uh, he he drives in. He goes to a dead end, and then he does a thing called a J turn. Yeah, where he stops. You know, skids the car, turns it like the shape of a J, like he's going to come back the other way. But the uh, the bad guys get to him first, and they block him. Yeah, and uh, then they pull out guns, and they're like, "Get out of the car, man." Jim uh, is 
roughed up by these these goons. But he's cool as a cucumber. Yes, he's like, oh, gentlemen, I didn't, you know, what's what seems to be the problem? What's the haps? What's what's the haps, my fellow brothers? Yes. Uh, they they rough him up, and he lies a little bit about like what he's doing. He's like, oh, I'm looking for I'm looking for Manning. Because, you know, Charlie Manning owes a lot of money. I do a little yeah. bit of loan sharking on the side and blah, 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 trying to essentially prime the pump to get information out of them by lying to them. They say Charlie Manning wouldn't be with a loan shark. He's a vice cop. And Jim just poops himself. So uh, he uh, he gets beat up by these guys. But at the same time, uh, then <laughs> Jim gets the upper hand. He beats the guys up. He beats, the, he beats two guys up who have guns. Yeah, he just <laughs> throws a... A, a single haymaker that knocks both of them well, down. No, the best part is is that those big ass '70s cars are what do them in because they're like, "All right, we're gonna go for a drive," I guess. And so they they tell Jim to get in the back seat because they have these big the big two door Impala. Yeah. So they're he's like, "I gotta do <laughs> I the, what's the lever that I have is to it, is, is it, it here? Do or? I need to pull the seatbelt? Is there a thing I no, can no wait slide? that no that that just moves the seat forward. Oh boy, there's no you got to put the the do, whole how front. Do I, burr, Oh no! Okay, sorry. Is it? Is it? Oh, the radio. That's the radio. Hang on. Is it electronic? Do I or is there just a gas cap? Hold. Oh boy. So while Jim hits somebody. Yeah, exactly. While he's being put into the backseat, he turns around. He hits one guy. Knocks the gun out of his hand. Hits the other guy. He tells the two. There's a big elaborate scene of him leaving these guys stranded, where he's like, "Okay, I got the drop on yous." I got news give, for give, yous. Give me my wallet. Or he takes the he's he's like, give me my wallet back. Now give me your wallet. <laughs> now okay. put your wallet inside of my wallet. <laughs> no, I don't like that. Now put your no, flip him wallet like, in your wallet in mine. Put mine no, put yours. your driver's license into my wallet. Now flip turn but that. But take my library card. Ooh, oh no, I do like this. Okay, oh, yeah. Are these, are these what kind of snaps are these on this? Do you have a snap wallet? It's, just, it's a child's neon Velcro <laughs> wallet. Is there a chain on this? What is what's going on here? No, he tells them, "Give me your wallet. Give me my wallet. Give me your wallets. Give me your guns. Take the keys out of the ignition. <laughs> throw them over that fence. Lay down on the ground. Crawl under the car. Count to a hundred. And it goes on for so long. It's probably like 90 seconds. And I'm just like, I appreciate the effort, but why do we need this scene? Well, he asked the guy to throw him. He, he asked the guy to throw him his wallet so he could see if the guy's right-handed or left-handed. Oh, uh, okay. And then he's like, yes. which then, then in, a, in a different film, Jim would have been like, right-handed, huh? All right, put out your right hand. Bang. Breaks it, Yes. <laughs> But instead, he's like, well, that means that you can reach and use your left hand to get your gun. Yes. So apparently that's your non-dominant hand and you can't shoot anybody with your. Even though we're two and a half feet away from each other, I'm hoping you would miss. So uh, So then Jim leaves. Then he leaves. So the guys are under the car. He leaves and he goes to the police station. One Uh, guy said, Jim leaves and the guy's like, let's get him. And he's like, I'm only up to 20. (laughs) I don't. I can't count as fast as you can. Jim goes back to the station with the wallets, and he's like, "Becker, what the fuck, man? I just got roughed up by a bunch of dudes who knew Charlie Manning, who's apparently a fucking vice cop, and you were sitting here leaving me twisted in the wind, dickhead." So Becker says, "Well, let's go see the fucking captain. I guess yeah. you want to fucking get nuts. Let's get fucking nuts." They go to see the captain, and the cap. This is one of my favorite scenes. Is the captain? then uh tries to pump jim for information he's like 
how did you get information on this vice cop? Yeah. And he's apparently two hours overdue from checking back in with the station. And right. He's really upset about it. Uh, the, the captain's like, look, man, I got, I got all the information I need on you. I got, I, you're aiding and abetting obstruction of justice. I got, I got, I, I could throw you in jail for decades. Yeah. And Jim just kind of looks at him and he's like, hey, fuck off. Yeah, pretty much. He, he pulls what you wanted the guy to say in last, in our last episode. Where's your warrant? Yeah. Get, get your fucking warrant, pig. Yeah. Basically, he tells him, he shuts him down. He's like, you don't got nothing. Yeah. You can put me in jail for 24 hours, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And you can put me in jail for 24 hours, and then you're going to hear from my lawyer. Yeah. Then you're going to so, get sued. So you, we deal can, with we it. We can do that if you want, but all you got is circumstantial bullshit. All right. I think it's exact. I think actually the way he describes prison is I'll check into your hotel. <laughs> Which, and then he states that he's done it before. Five so, years. Yeah. Jim is, a, is an ex con, so he knows his stuff. Uh, the captain won't give up Manning, but Jim won't give up Claire. So they're at an they're at an impasse here. We can't, impasse. We you know, they just can't. We they're at a they're in an impala here. It's I'm doing a thing with my hands. Yeah, they can't. Andrew is. Um, I'm just punching myself. Punching now. himself now. God, you're so stupid, 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 stupid. Jim says that he'll get the girl that he knows here, but he's got to be slick about it. Jim says, I'll bring her in if you give me your wallet. Now, but give me Manning's. I want you to throw the wallet <laughs> to Becker. Becker, you have to grab it with your mouth, all right? Because if I know what's your dominant hand, I'm going to break it. I'm going to fucking break it. This is the scene where it's revealed to us that Jim has a bizarre form of OCD. Then he drops. That I need you to open the door, close the door three times. <laughs> He drops a book on the floor to prove that they're both not deaf. That's yeah. the other thing. <laughs> it's really strange. Um, the captain tells Becker to tail him. Becker says, "The guy can't. Insane. I can't tail this guy. I can't. I can't do it in my pocket. He's That's, doing J turns. Here I am. I'm on a cop salary. I don't think yeah. so." Rockford outruns Becker and gets quite easily t- tires. I believe this is probably a running gag. And to smiles to himself. Like, He's like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fucked him there. I fucked him. Fucked him there." Act three. Jim goes to see Claire at the hotel, but she's left a note. She says, I'm scared, and I've left again. So sorry. Go fuck yourself. Sincerely, Claire. Yeah. Jim goes to leave, and somebody says, yeah, Claire said you had our two months of back rent. Oh, boy. Why don't you give me your wallet? Okay, and- here we go. <laughs> I have this credit card. Oh, I have the same one. Oh. What? There's a picture of my wife in your wallet. Anybody else banging the chief's wife? <laughs> now, let's... Frank, we'll just keep moving on. Uh, I watched that last night. It was great. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Such a great movie. It's one of my favorite gags when he's hold, he reaches into his pocket yeah, and he's like, like, oh, you got, oh, a, you gun? got a gun? huh? It's a it's picture, picture of your, of your wife, wife in his wallet. <laughs> um, so Jim tells the captain that she's skipped town, and he's like, you stay there. I'm coming to arrest you. Yeah. Uh, the captain shows off and thinks that Jim tipped her off, uh, but uh, Jim's like, nah, son. Jim's like, you got nothing on me, pig. Uh, Jim, the, the captain tells Jim to give them any kind of tip. Jim leaves, and he gets another tale from the police. Jim goes home, meets up with Rocky, who uh, says that Claire called. Jim calls whatever number that Rocky has, gets her at some kind of bar somewhere, and uh, she's like, come meet me at this lounge. I don't know, some fucking lounge. It's the Derby. 
<laughs> it's canters. Yeah. Um, Jim needs Rocky to pretend that he's him so he can lose the tail. So Rocky leaves in Jim's coat and gets in his car. And then apparently Jim takes Rocky's big truck. Yeah. But before he leaves, Jim call Jim gets a call from Becker that's informing him that Charlie Manning is dead. So this character that we've heard all about that we were looking for is dead. Apparently now. is dead now off screen. Becker says that the chief believes that the girl that he did it. Claire did it and warns him about being an accessory to murder. Mm. Now this is interesting to me because the way because in any other show, especially a modern show. Uh, that what this would be the act out, and I don't think this was the act no. out. Jim's like, uh oh, and there's no music, nothing. It's just like, Jim, be careful, because like you're treading in dangerous water now. You could be an accessory to murder, and we just get this reaction shot on Jim, and then he like hangs up the phone. Nowadays, it'd be like, you could be an accessory to, to murder. Bump, 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 and then like lower third pops up. It says. Stay tuned. Coming up. Now with Tied with Bleach Saver. <laughs> uh, so Jim's like, oh, well, I guess I I, I got to be careful now. Yeah. I wasn't being careful before. Jim arrives and tells Claire that Manning is dead. Claire says that Manning, and this is interesting, too, because we're pretty deep into the show, and we know as much as Jim knows as to what the fuck's happening, which yeah. isn't a lot. He got beat up by a couple guys. I was guys. pretty confused. That's, this is, I, I agree. Like, what is happening? Why, why is she, all we know is that she's like, I, I got caught up in a loan shark, I guess. And Charlie Manning is a guy we'll never see. He's a vice cop. And yeah. so Jim, Jim's kind of thrown into this. And we as the viewer are thrown into this and not knowing really what, what the fuck's happening. It reminded me a lot of, <coughs> I was really confused. And it reminded me more of like the Continental Op detective stories mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, Dashiell Hammett stuff where a lot of times you don't know what's going on and that's part of it. But it did not remind me of other TV shows. Mm-hmm. In TV shows, you usually have a pretty good idea of what we're trying to do here. This was a lot more like a detective story. where like, I don't know what's in this fucking bird. I just know people want this bird. Yeah. And, and Jim doesn't care. Like, Jim is, he's a gun for hire, basically. Yeah. So he's like, all right, fine. I'll fucking find Charlie Manning, I guess. Uh, Claire reveals that she was unknowingly running drugs for her former boss. Yeah, she says that she was just given shoeboxes. She was a waitress, and Jim says, "Was it numbers or drugs?" Right? Yeah. And she and says like, drugs. drugs, and he gives her this look. Drugs. Jim gives her a look that I imagine is a look that James Gardner employed a lot on dating my teenage daughter, because it's like, ah, oh, you fucking idiot. I, what is wrong with you? So uh, she's like, whoops, but apparently Manning was undercover at the restaurant that she was working at. She got caught by Manning, who said, either I can turn you in and you can go to jail for a real long time. Or you become an informant. Or you can, yeah, you, you become a, a, a stool pigeon. And then Jim tells her Jim, this is basically a- what he's been doing this whole time. He's like, why don't you tell him to fuck off? Exactly. And she's like, he was a cop. And he's like, I tell cops to he's fuck like, off he's like, every day. I got I got news for you, baby doll. Cops lie. Yeah. So they ain't got shit on you. You come to me and I, if you want me to tell him to fuck off, yeah. I'll tell him to fuck off. Okay? You know what? Let's go find a cop right now. Let's, just let's, a random let's just cop. Flip him off. See what happens. <laughs> Jim, uh, he's like, so it, this is interesting that this is like a character trait that, 
because usually it's like, oh, we'll put the squeeze on him. Yeah. Usually it's a plot point, but it's interesting to see a character that knows like He's legally where he can where, immune where to the, police being <laughs> where he is in terms of you know the water. Yeah. Jim says he's going to give her some cash. Or he's going to he's, he's like I'm I'll get you some cash. Go to Mexico and fucking get get out. Get 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 the the fuck, fuck out. out. This, uh, he calls up Rocky and he's like I need money, man. But turns out the Rocky's got some visitors. Oh no. And they're in the form of the two goons. Yeah. That have been chasing Jim this whole episode. And so they're like we want the we want the girl. You give us the girl, we'll give you back your old Rocky man. And Jim, but we also want our wallet. So we need, oh, and Jim, take and your like, info out oh, of my wallet. He's like, I left him at the police station. I can't go back there now. Oh God. <laughs> we'll see who's throwing a wallet to whom now, Jim. So Jim says, "All right, I'll meet you at X." He's yeah. I'll uh, meet you at place at at time. So he's like, "Here's sixty bucks. I got sixty bucks in my wallet. Get a bus ticket. Go to Mexico. Get the fuck out of town." Mm-hmm. That's what he tells Claire. Act four or six? I don't know. I couldn't really tell where the act breaks were on this because it's the last act. Jim drives to the spot where they decide to make the drop, but before he gets there, he goes and breaks maybe one of the easy, most easily this broken a, windows. This was a strange moment for me because you just see Jim driving as usual. Yeah, but he's in Rocky's he takes truck. A, he takes a turn into yeah. like the fashion district of Marina Del Rey, I guess. Yeah. Kicks down a window or like no he gets a he gets a tire iron out of the back of his car and breaks a window breaks a window steals, alarms are going off steals, steals a, mannequin. a mannequin out of the window and I'm thinking is he getting a change of clothes for her but then he takes the whole mannequin and I was like what is he oh okay right. now I get now, it now oh, he's doing a thing Jim decides to put the mannequin in the car and pretend that it's Claire that it's Claire and uh, then parks far enough away where you wouldn't be able to tell in the dark. I wish that they had played this out a little longer where he, like, models different mannequins. Dun, 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 dun. Where he's, dun, like, dun, puts dun, a hat dun, on dun, one, now pulls into a Lane Bryant, breaks the window down, because Lane Bryant, those mannequins are a little heavier sets, and he's, like, uh, it takes the arms off of one. Yeah, and then, then no, it's it's him. And he shakes his head, and then the mannequin's wearing different clothes. Yeah. And he shakes his head, and then, and then it's wearing different clothes. It. And then yeah, the big, yeah, big, big sh- sh- head shake, thumbs up. That's dumb. So uh, they Please go to the that. they go, <laughs> they go to the drop point. Uh, the goons have Rocky. Jim's like, yeah, man, she's in the she's car right there. Why don't you go get her? She's scared stiff. <laughs> So uh, he walks over to the one goon who's got Rocky and the gun and knocks him out while the other guy's like, there's nothing but a mannequin in here. I ain't seen nothing. This is the wildest thing I ever done seen. Yeah. This is crazy. And uh, so then Jim starts shooting. Jim. Well, no, well, he ta- I don't think he takes the. He doesn't take the gun. Does he right? punch the guy. He punches the guy. And then the other guy had a shotgun. So oh, the yeah. other guy starts just starts blasting, blasting away. And so Jim and Rocky take off running. To so the pier. Th- yes, they, they run off to the beach. The goon, meanwhile, by Rocky's truck, gets in and starts driving after them, to which I thought, why would you leave the keys in that car? <laughs> why don't let's take, take... In case you gotta go. Take the keys in your right hand and throw them over oh. the fence. <laughs> Whatever you gotta do. That seems silly. Uh, it's like when you, you see... Uh, I, I've never done this with my own car. I've had friends that do this, which I thought always was insane, where, you know, it's like, 
oh, they, they broke into the car, and then they look over the, the, the visor, over the driver's yeah. side, and the keys fall into their lap. And I was like, where... I've never put my keys. But you know people keys. who do this. I used to have friends that would leave their keys in the ignition of their car. I in nev- high school in or high something. S- yeah, yeah. They're dumb. Never understood that. The goon takes Jim's truck and uh, or yeah, Rocky's truck technically yeah. chases after Jim and Rocky under the beach. They run around the pier. They sneak around underneath the pier until Jim climbs up to the rafters and drops onto the bad guy. Knocks him out. That's the end of that fight. The goons are arrested, but the captain still wants Claire. Rockford, where's Claire? I want that girl. Jim at, tells him to go. At this point, it's the sun is rising, right? Yes, and it's now morning. Yet again, I'm wondering, like, so cops have, like, 48 hours this is on. the longest shift. 12 hours off, like... Jim, uh, Jim's like, I don't know where she is, man. And I ain't never seen her. Rockford, and the captain's like, where is she? If you don't, I'm going to be so mad. I will give you such a pinch if you don't tell me where <laughs> she is. Jim turns around and he sees the bus, a bus leaving and Claire sitting in the front seat. So he knows that he's taking her advice and he's, she's going to go to Mexico. Basically, now that I think about it, apparently this is what that episode of Arrow should have been, right? Yeah. That he told... He told Shiro to fuck off to wherever. He was going to give her money. Right. Yeah, this should have been. That should have been. It should have been exactly this. Jim watches Claire on a bus leave, and he tells the captain. He turns around and is like, I don't know where she is, man. And then, like, freeze frame on him. And then that's that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. So did she kill him? I don't know, <laughs> right? <laughs> there's there's a lot of questions to be answered. Like I said at the top of the show, there was a lot about this show that I really liked. But ultimately, there it ends in a way where I'm like, I still don't know what happened. Yeah. Like, she was running drugs for this cop. Accidentally, and she wasn't running it for the cop. She was running it for her boss. Right. And she got caught. So she got caught, so then the, the cop made her turn on a bunch of people. Yes, and he's the one, and we didn't mention it, but he's the one that made her uh, call it off with Rockford. Right. Like he was, she said that this Charlie Manning is a bad guy because he turned me into an informant, and then he was really protective of me, and he was kind of a dick, and I couldn't do anything without him. So technically, she has motive to kill him because of that. Right. But we never find out if who killed Manning, who killed Manning, or what who the, the goons were working for. Why she was involved with the loan shark. Was there ever a loan shark? And ultimately, like I, it ends, well, and the, I just, goons, I just have to think. Like, I think she probably killed him. The goons were working for a guy named Tony. At one point, they say, yes. we're going to take him to, to go see Tony. Right. We never see Tony. We don't know who Tony is either. Tony, Tony, Tony. Have done it again. Uh, and it feels good. It feels so good. So that's... There are... Now that I think about it, there are a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. Only, I still don't know what happened. The answer is, hey, pig, fuck off. <laughs> get, a, get a warrant. Yeah. Oink, oink, oink. <laughs> So that was that episode of the Rockford Files. Mark, what did you think? Like I, I like a lot of this show. Yeah, I like wall-to-wall car chases. Oh yeah, I like the style. I liked the pace of it was nice, and I really like James Gardner. James Gardner is 
the the we don't we always say like what would be the difference between this show if it was made now and made back then is like nowadays you would have a really hunky good looking guy be your cop. But he probably wouldn't be very charismatic. You'd have Arrow. You'd have Arrow, effectively. Like, a good-looking yeah. guy who yeah. can't seem to act and doesn't know what he's Steve doing. Steve Aoki. And Steve Aoki is played by... is Ooh, Rocky. Ooh. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They work... They, it's like they work in a Benihana's. This is yeah. great. It's good stuff. Start typing. Faster. <laughs> um, now, originally, they did pitch an update. A remake. They wanted... With... NBC wanted... Um, Dermot Mulrooney, right. I believe, as uh, the um, lead, as Rockford. Yeah, they, were, they did a pilot. Uh, and then it never came together. And now, I guess, uh, it's been optioned as a film with Vince Vaughn attached to it. You can see that. And that was a couple years ago. Like, these things, yeah. you know, it's, maybe it'll happen, who knows. But there's been some thoughts about bringing it back. All right. But James Gardner is, at this point, not a good-looking guy. He looks okay. He's a guy, but he's like, not he's handsome. Just, no, he's he's not he's not necessarily like handsome, but he's certainly not the way he was handsome in Maverick, sure. where he was like young and I don't know, younger, thinner. But you believe this guy is a, a detective. A, this is what like a detective a probably detective. looks like. Yeah, yeah. He's he never has enough of... money, and he's kind of he's a little he's like twenty pounds overweight. And yeah. but he's really charismatic. He's yes. a good actor. I like to see him shut down the cops. Yeah. Grandpa Joe. He's he's Diamond Joe Diamond Biden. Diamond Joe Biden, yeah. Yeah. But if it was ne- if it was a contemporary show on the CW or something, you'd have some really good looking guy who doesn't know how to act. Yes, and you'd have some like Claire Claire was played by Linda Evans in this oh, episode. Yeah. So it's a guest star. So there's really no love interest there. I mean there is for this episode, but we're not gonna see her again. Yeah. So there'd probably be cast some kind of Rockford would have some kind of secretary that they would have some like will they won't they kind of thing. Rocky would be probably played more as like a crazy old man who would be getting into like by Stephen Root. Yes, and he'd be like getting into more scraps yeah. and stuff like that. And then uh yeah, they would make a big fucking deal about the car. Like that would be the most annoying part. They'd be like, "Jim, your car, beauty shot of the yeah. car." Let's all head over to the all new GMC Acadia. <laughs> Um. So yeah, it, I I'm. But ultimately, when it comes to the script, in a lot of ways, I was like, I don't know what's happening. I don't really lot, get what's going on. There's here, a lot and of I questions. I wish that I had a couple more answers. But at the same time, you're kind of looking at it from Jim's perspective that he likes, you know, he's he dumped he has, into this situation. He has feelings for Claire, and he's just got to. He's helping her out any way he can. So if she did kill him. If she did kill Charlie Manning, which she might have. She might have. She probably got away with it. She conned Jim into helping her one last time. Yeah. And uh, ran away again. But at least Jim, in his mind, can feel at ease in knowing he he's rid of her for good. But basically. We're, but that's the way that I I don't think it, I don't think she actually did is the thing. Right. That's I mean, that's the twist we would put on it is that she was guilty and she was playing Jim all along. But Jim is so nice to her and so happy and so glad to see her get away that it heavily implies that she probably was telling the truth and maybe the goons killed Charlie Manning. I don't know. I still don't know. Well, yeah, more than likely they wanted her to, they would kill Charlie Manning because he was a vice cop. Uh, So they could 
rub him out of their operation. And then because Claire knows that Charlie Manning was a vice cop and it had information on him because because um, Char- uh, Rockford at the end says, why don't you check Charlie Manning's files on Claire? You'll see that, you know, he had she was a CI. She, she, yeah. yeah, she was. She's not guilty of anything. She she was on his role and he was real shitty about it, too. More than likely, they killed Charlie Manning, and then they were going to kill her, so there would be no trace of any... Back to them. Exactly. So that's probably what it was. But then it's confusing. Why was she at the bar in the first place? Is that why? Because she, she, wanted- she wanted to meet Charlie, but then she saw the goons and got scared? She was involved with the loan shark because he wanted her to invest. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Again, we don't There's know. There's a lot of, lot of I, unanswered questions I here. ended up watching this twice. Yeah. And I still don't know. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I, you know, Rockford's charismatic enough that you're like, fuck it. He's. I like the characters. I like the look of the show. There was a lot going for that. It looks, it's a great looking show. It's shot on film. It looks real crisp. It's like, I thought this was going to look muddled and. Yeah. This Netflix transfer was pretty good too. Really good. Uh, And it's cool to see a seventies LA. So overall I would give it like a strong B. Yeah. I, I, you know, if it were on and I had the ability to see another episode, I would. And you can see why this show is so popular. Yeah. Six seasons, eight movies, eight TV movies. That's a lot of TV movies. That's a lot. So, Mark, now that we've thoroughly broken down this wonderful piece of, of show. Television history. Entitled The Rockford Files. You and I are now tasked with writing the next episode Pages from the next episode, and we have a lot to say about this episode, so settle back, everybody. It'll probably be, I, I imagine our pages are going to be pretty long. Pretty long. Very lengthy. We, you and I, in a little segment we like to call, well, you fucking, fucking do, do it. it. So Mark and I have written perspective pages for a next hypothetical episode of The Rockford Files. Mark, why don't we start with your pages? Yes. All right, I'll be stage direction uh-huh. and Rockford. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You can be male voice. Male voice. Yep. And uh, Becker. Becker. How does that sound? Got it. Okay. Here we go. So this is pages from Mark Gonzalez. Here we go. Interior. Rockford's office. The camera pans across Jim's desk. The phone rings out, unanswered. The machine takes over. This is Jim Rockford. At the tone, leave your name and message. I'll get back to you. Mr. Rockford, or Rocky, as I suppose you like to be called, solicitation of a prostitute is a serious offense in the state of California, and if you don't pay your outstanding bill to the Sunset Strip Cat House, we will be forced to report you to the proper authorities. The greatest theme song in the world plays. <laughs> so Rocky's just like... Rocky has outstanding bills. Okay. <laughs> Indir Rockford's trailer. Uh, Rockford stands in front of a mirror. He flails his right arm wildly while holding a book called The Haymaker and You. Rockford consults the book before and after every weird punch. There's a knock at the door. Rockford puts down the book and goes to the door. He opens it, and LAPD Detective Becker comes in. Becker. Oh, now listen, I can explain. Disneyland is a lot of things for a lot of people, and when Snow White asks me to help her... Help find her little friend in the canoe. Oh, for Christ's sake, Jim. I don't care about what happened on the canoe ride. Yeah, the canoe ride. That's where everything happened. 
No reason to look at the Haunted Mansion. Jim, there's somebody in the LAPD who can't be trusted. Our confidential informants are turning up face down in the Los Angeles River, and evidence is being leaked. I need to find a missing person, and I don't know who to look to. Tell Internal Affairs. I can't trust Internal Affairs, the Los Angeles Police Department, or anyone else in the system. But you trust the private investigator? Reluctantly. All right, Becker, I'll help you find your missing person without talking to the Los Angeles Police Department or Internal Affairs and won't mess with any of your confidential informants. Thanks, Jim. Let's try and keep this on the QT. And don't forget my taxes are due next week. Yeah, the IRS is on the list. Right behind the MP, the LAPD, IACIQTs, PIs, LAPD again, and every other GD person. And that's it. That's it. That's it. That's how you do it. Um, interesting. Interesting take. Uh, I feel like... I Mark, I don't want to say that I feel like maybe this was a light week for us, but my pages are definitely just what I considered. Uh, this is the immediate snapshot I got of this show. It's also a very short scene as well. Well, let me tell you what happened with my pages. I was like, okay, I'll write a detective thing. And then I was like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to write a detective thing in under like five pages. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let's try to write a gag. And then I started looking at what Disneyland attractions were open in 1974. <laughs> and then that started me on a whole Wikipedia wormhole. And then I looked up and I was like, oh, shit. Just, oh, ooh, look at the people remover. Oh, goodness. I got to send something about this. Uh, okay, so here's mine. I will play scene direction, Rocky, and Jim. And you can play the lieutenant. Uh, and um, Oh, you can play. Let's say you play Rocky and lieutenant. I'll play Jim in scene direction. All right. Okay. So this is act six, (laughs) scene three. So this is the the end end of the show, just so we can clarify. All right. Exterior laundromat day. Jim and Rocky crawl out of the exploded wreckage of the laundromat, laughing about just nearly getting killed. Police sirens scream toward the scene as Becker and the lieutenant pull up. Rockford, you're mine now. You've been cruising all over my town. You aided and abetted a known felon. You've caused thousands of dollars in damage. You stole my daughter's virginity. And worst of all, you've waited to pull these stunts until the president is in town. Becker, arrest them. But Lieutenant, Jim is the hero here. Hero Schmero. I got him dead to rights now. All you've got is a load of circumstantial evidence and pixie dust. Put those cuffs on me and I'll be using your retirement fund as my own personal piggy bank. The Lieutenant looks at Becker, who gives a quiet nod. Rockford, I'm warning you. One more time and I'll see to it that you hang. Jim and Rocky get seated into Jim's car. Hey, Chief, I got an idea. Jim guns it, backing right into the lieutenant's car. (laughs) Go piss up a rope. The car fishtails, forcing officers to scramble and avoid getting hit. Jim drives blissfully down the wrong side of the road. Rockford! We freeze frame on Jim's smiling face. Yeah, that's pretty much the show. That's what this show is. Just... They could have arrested him for breaking that window. He stole that mannequin. Yeah, he has stolen property. And but here he, is, this scene would probably he, he backs into the, the chief's car. He like almost kills some people, <laughs> drives down the wrong side of the road. They're like that scamp. Yeah, uh, we got nothing on him. So, Mark, that's gonna do it for this episode of Episodic Memories. 
Uh, hopefully you guys all enjoyed it next time, Mark. Yes. I've got a doozy. I've got a humdinger. Is it uh, Utopia? It is not Utopia. Week three, A? Week... Uh, I'm only going to be watching the bees. Oh. Is that is that is that good or bad? I probably won't make a difference. Are you are you sure? Are, what do you got for us? What I got for us is at the it's. I'm really excited that this showed up on Netflix because I've always I kind of wanted to watch this for All a while. Right. Mark, we're going to be watching episode three of the NBC animated 2004 series. Father of the Pride. Oh my god. Father of the Pride, starring oh. John Goodman, Cheryl Hines, uh. Siegfried and Roy. This is digital animation, <laughs> this right? Is this was really CGI. shitty CGI. It was made by DreamWorks animation. 2004, right when Shrek started getting huge. 2004, we'll be watching episode three of Father Father of the Pride, available on streaming Netflix. How many episodes of this show were actually produced? Thirteen. Thirteen episodes. We're going to be watching episode three entitled Catnip and Trust. (laughs) Don't ask me what it means. What does that mean? Catnip and Trust. Father of the Pride. Father of the Pride. NBC 2004. Be there. Yeah. 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 Anything else, Mark? No. That's going to do it. We'll see you next time. Be there. Be, be there. Please. Please. Oh, please. Please, God, be there. fun mark what did you know anything about the rockford files i knew you just knew that it was a thing i knew it was a show i knew the opening the you know the opening thing the theme song that we're probably going to play throughout this entire episode uh yes and it's it'll just end up just i can't think of the song right now all i can think of is the swat theme song so i'm just gonna go and put the swat theme song in right now no i Great. Now I can't think of the Rockford theme song. Were you doing Europe? Is that Final Countdown you were just doing? I was just hooting and hollering.